Planned Parenthood is suing the state of Missouri, saying it's too expensive to comply with the new law to make abortion clinics safer. A Denver valedictorian was told her diploma would be withheld if she didn't apologize for mentioning Jesus in her graduation speech. We'll discuss the school speech police. And is Fred Thompson finally ready to announce? This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. I am not gay. I never have been gay. That's Senator Larry Craig reading a statement in Boise, Idaho. He says he is not a homosexual. Do you believe this man? He's been accused of some frisky behavior in a bathroom. Do you believe him? And if you don't, does that mean he should resign his Senate seat? Here is presidential hopeful John McCain on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. It's disgraceful, and yeah. the people of Idaho that it represents, I think, will make a pretty rapid, reach a pretty rapid verdict in this situation. All right, Senator McCain says this is disgraceful. Mind you, he was not caught in any particular act, but in a kind of have some signals, maybe, and some sort of sign language that indicate he might want to engage in a sort of an act. And uh, McCain says this is disgraceful. And I have another question. Is there a double standard? Right now, we know that in Congress, Barney Frank, a practicing homosexual, is serving in Congress. Is there a double standard on this sort of thing? We're going to talk about that. We're going to go open up the lines in this segment. So here's the number, 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. Should Craig resign? Is there a double standard? What is the Christian worldview here on forgiveness and accountability? 800-881-9270. What else is up, Penna? Well, there's another story coming out of the state of Missouri that should resonate with all of us because it has to do with abortion. Medical safety laws go into effect this week in the state of Missouri. These laws require abortion facilities to meet certain standards, the standards required of ambulatory surgical centers. So the question is, will Planned Parenthood comply? Well, the answer is no. They are actually suing the state of Missouri. Alliance Defense Fund is representing the governor, and ADF's Mike Johnson is going to join us to talk about it. Also, we're going to talk about another legal battle, this battle that never seems to end over what students can say in their graduation speeches. Now, Erica Corder 
was valedictorian in a Colorado school district. She was escorted to the assistant principal immediately after her speech because she encouraged students to find out more about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It was like a 30-second speech. She was threatened that she'd be denied her diploma if she didn't issue an apology. She sued the school district. It's really a First Amendment free speech case. Are the school speech police going too far? We'll talk about that later. All right, we're going to go to your calls on Senator Craig in just a moment. But I want you to hear something just a minute right now that was said today about this college. We're sitting right now at Criswell College. We broadcast live from Criswell College today in Founders Day Chapel. Dr. Mac Brunson talked about the heritage and the history of Criswell College. This school was founded on what Dr. Criswell writes right here, the very beginning, the inerrancy, the infallibility, the inspiration, the authority of the Holy Scriptures. That's what Paul's talking to Timothy about. That's what this church literally, this school literally became the nerve center to turn this convention back to that statement. If you want to know why, every other institution in the Southern Baptist Convention, Southwestern, New Orleans, Southern, Southeastern, all the rest of them, and every agency in the SBC today adheres to that first point, it's because of this school. All the leadership in the SBC, lo and behold, look and see, they've come out of this school. This school has had tremendous impact on the life of the entire denomination. All right, did you hear Dr. Brunson? I hope you did. Well, (laughs) it was. Why did we play this tonight? I'll tell you why. Because we want you to know about Criswell College, the tremendous opportunities. In fact, I'm inviting you tonight, all the listeners of Jerry Johnson Live, I'm inviting you tonight to join me. You've got an hour and a half. Just turn your car around right now. Tonight, I'm starting a class called Christ and Culture, Christian Perspective on Current Issues. We're going to talk about the kinds of things that we talk about here on Jerry Johnson Live. We're going to talk about the Christian worldview tonight. We're going to talk about the sanctity of human life, the image of God, movies, politics, euthanasia, abortion, cloning, politics, um, stem cell research, war and peace. We're going to cover all these topics every Thursday night for the fall. Penna, you took this class last year, didn't you? I took it last semester, actually last year. Uh, you're right. And uh, you can get credit for this. And as we mentioned before, it's half the normal tuition. It's half price, yes. And it was. I couldn't wait for every Thursday night. I learned a lot, and I already kind of knew some things. So uh, I just highly recommend it. All right. Show up tonight. You don't have to pre-register or be approved. Just show up tonight. Check out the class. I have the paperwork. You can take it home. Decide whether you want to join us mm-hmm. full-time. 6.30 tonight at Christmas. College. We're on the corner of Gaston and Haskell in East Dallas. And look for the big Baylor Hospital building and just go a little bit further east on Gaston, right there at the corner of Gaston and Haskell, Criswell College, 630 tonight. I will see you there. There are signs at the door showing you where to go. Uh, Be my special guest if you're a listener to Jerry Johnson Live. Well, what do you think about Senator Craig, folks? The number is 800-881-9270. Is he homosexual? Should he resign his seat? Is there a double standard even if he is? When we have congressmen like Barney Frank opening out of the closet, everyone knows it. He's engaging in this behavior on a regular basis. Now, if there was some embarrassment for Mitt Romney in this, uh, let's hear presidential candidate Mitt Romney, who um, had Craig as a key leader in his campaign. Supporters are going to uh, sometimes uh, make you look better than you deserve, and other times uh, can be disappointing. 
All right, Penner. Uh, Senator um, Craig embarrassed Mitt Romney, uh, and uh, I think it's pretty clear he won't be running his campaign. Uh, He's already the, stepped down in the West, that. in the mm-hmm. Northwest. Well, we've already got a caller on the line. We've got Mamdi from Plano on the line. Thank you for holding. What's your view? Yeah, Dr. Justin, um, I don't think uh, this is an issue of uh, double standards. If uh, Senator Craig won his election on the platform of being a conservative, yes. a straight man, and he turns around to be gay, then he's not entitled to be there. He deceived everybody, so he should leave. But the other guy who is openly gay, if people voted for him knowing what he is, then yes. that's a problem. But for this guy, if he deceived people into voting for him, and he's not what he's, claimed, what he's claiming to be, then he does not need to be there. That's my opinion. Thank you so much, Penna. You followed this. Senator Craig has been outspoken. He has. He voted for the federal marriage amendment. He goes down the line on the pro-family issues, and I think Mamdi is is correct. But what it does point up is the difference between the two parties on social issues. Mm. Yes. When the Republicans find someone like this in the ranks, they're out. Right. When the Democrats see it, well... Well, it's not wrong to them. That's right. David on the line from Mesquite. David, thank you for calling. What's your view? Uh, thank you, Terry. I, I think there is a double standard in Congress about this, but uh, and it's uh, the previous caller was also right. It also depends on which party you're in. Mm. Uh, I think where Craig got himself in trouble was that you know being he's always represented himself as uh, being uh, pro-family and uh, against gay rights. But if this what happened is true, then he uh, it's kind of been hypocritical about it. Well, you know, I think you can be against uh, advancing the homosexual agenda and still practice homosexual behavior. He could, in his heart of hearts, believe that gay marriage shouldn't be foisted on the society and still be practicing that. I think he's basically got a big problem. I mean, he was married for many, many years. So, uh, you know, we also ask the question whether or not he's a homosexual, and he says he's not. And, uh, you know, then you'd have to just have to define what is a homosexual if someone practices that at certain times. But also as heterosexual, you know, what are they? But this guy, he could truly be a conservative in his heart of hearts. I think he's proven that over his 27 years in Congress. He's just got a real problem. All right, folks. Should Congress have the same standard for all, the Senate, the House, Republicans, Democrats, independents on sexuality? We've got Anna on the line from Rowlett. Anna, what do you make of Senator Larry Craig? He says he's not gay, never has been. I just, want, I just want to say this real quick. I'm a Chris Wall student. It's a great school. And I think this about Senator Craig, that he is innocent until proven guilty. Mm. Well, I think that's an interesting comment because... He did admit guilt, though. He admitted guilt to a lesser charge, which was sort of... Um, disrespecting someone's private space. It was something like that. And evidently, you know, he was looking into this bathroom stall and then made some signals with his feet and with his hands. But he uh, didn't engage in uh, any lewd behavior per se. But uh, it sure seemed like he wanted to. But he admitted to the lesser charge to avoid um, challenging other charges. So he admitted to something here. And uh, from all reports, he got kind of sassy with him, showed his Senate card, said, what do you think of this? And in any case, uh, he had to admit to this, but um, he's now saying they tricked him and he wished he wouldn't have done it. But uh, he did admit to it. And I think that's the problem, Anna, is he admitted to something here 
and where there's smoke, there's fire. Doug on the line from Dallas. Doug, thank you for calling. Doug, what do you make of Senator Craig's situation? Yeah, thank you. I, I agree totally with the previous call, by the way, but I think he's being railroaded uh, because he's a very popular senator up there. Apparently, he's had the last three elections have been landslides on his side, and I don't think the globalists in power, the elites, don't like that, and I think they want him out. Idaho is a very conservative state, uh, and he has been a conservative down the line. He'll be replaced by a conservative if he steps down. But I've also heard that Idahoans have had questions about his sexual orientation for years. Uh, the newspaper there in Idaho, the statesman, took a long time to come out with this because they wanted to make sure they had their facts before they did. And so, in a sense, uh, I would say that, you know, it's really up to the people now whether they demand he resign or vote him out. Let's go to Betty in Roanoke. Betty, thanks for calling. Hi. I, I was just thinking that I don't think there is a double standard. The man represented himself as uh, a married man, and then he was to, you know, it's it just not a double standard. Barney Frank is openly gay. People voted for him. They knew he was gay. And this man, they thought, was not. So it's, it's a, not a double standard. Thank you, Betty. Let's listen again to Senator Larry Craig. I am not gay. I never have been gay. Does that sound convincing to you? Well, whether you believe that or not, let's just presuppose for a moment that he is guilty. He did admit to something. And um, I want to read from Psalm 51 because most of us at some point in our life have been guilty of sin. And that's really what this boils down to. This show is about the Christian worldview. And here is David who is a man after God's own heart. You could say, well, but he was a hypocrite because he had adultery with Bathsheba, and then he had Bathsheba's husband killed, and then he lied, and there were just a stack of sins back of that. But he was a man after God's own heart, but he was guilty. He was confronted by God's prophet, and he had to pray this, and he meant it from the heart, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression. The first step is admitting it. My sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned. Our sin is not primarily with our public, or even with our family, or our constituents, if we're a politician, but against God. And I've done evil in your sight. Well, there's much more that David prays. He does get forgiveness, but there are consequences for David, and Nathan announces those consequences. And I'm concerned that Senator Craig is probably going to have to suffer the consequences here. When we come back, we're going to talk about Planned Parenthood, abortion. You join us. Don't miss it. We'll take your calls again. A legacy of equipping believers, training leaders to be effective in their walk with Christ. That heritage continues at the Criswell College in Dallas, and you can see it firsthand. Thursday, September 13th, come to Preview Day and learn how an education at the Criswell College will prepare you for a future of ministry and a lifetime of service. The Criswell College will grow you spiritually and academically and focus your Christian worldview. Come meet the professors, have lunch, and with two sessions, pick from a list of classes to observe firsthand and ask any questions you may have. 
Your reservation is waiting for Preview Day, September 13th. Call 800-899-0012. That's 800-899-0012. And you'll find more details on the web at chriswell.edu. Take advantage and see the worldwide opportunities the Criswell College can afford you as a full-time student or with classes to round out a biblically-based education. Call 800-899-0012 and reserve your place at Preview Day at the Criswell College in Dallas. What is your connection to the Word of God? There should be, first of all, this commitment to the absolute authority of Scripture. Listen to what is said in verse 16. All Scripture is inspired by God. Now, you just stop with that. That's, that's enough right there just to handle that and look at that. All Scripture, theonoustos, God-breathed. It's a little different than what you read in Genesis chapter 2 where we read that God breathed into man a living spirit or life. Here he breathes out is what the word means. He breathes it out just as when you speak. Air passes over your vocal cords and that's how words are sounded out. Uh, God spoke out these words. He he breathed out these words, if, if you will. And that's where scripture comes from. That's Dr. Mac Brunson, former pastor of First Baptist Church Dallas, former chancellor of Criswell College, speaking today in the Criswell College Chapel. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We're here at Criswell College, and I want to invite all of our listeners tonight to something very special. We're beginning tonight a class really with the Jerry Johnson Live listening audience in mind. It's a class, a special college course. You can take it for bachelor's credit, master's credit, or just audit. There's still time. Turn your car around. You can be here in an hour. It starts at 630. 6.30. This class is called Christ and Culture, Christian Perspective on Current Issues. We're going to talk about euthanasia, stem cell research, the environment, creation, evolution, war and peace, the Christian worldview. It's just packed with more and more of what you hear on this show with some great notes I'll be giving out. The tuition is half the normal price. We'll let you pay it out over a time. Or you can just come tonight and check out this class. 630 Criswell College. Get on Gaston Avenue just east of Baylor Hospital on Gaston Avenue right at Haskell. Criswell College, I'll see you at 630. It's a great class. I took it last year. Well, um, next subject, Planned Parenthood gets millions in federal tax dollars. They got $305 million in 2005, and that keeps increasing. It's one-third of their total income. Yet in the state of Missouri, this organization says that it's too expensive to comply with the new law that takes effect this week to make its clinics safer for women. Of course, it's never safe for the baby. So they're suing the state of Missouri. Uh, Lions Defense Fund is right in there defending the administration of Governor Matt Blunt. And with us now is Senior Legal Counsel for ADF, Mike Johnson. Mike, uh, thanks for joining us. Hi, Penna. Great to be with you, and, and uh, good to talk to you all. Well, Planned Parenthood just doesn't like this uh, law too well in Missouri, do they? No, they don't. And, you know, this is sort of a par for the course for Planned Parenthood. It's a of course, the nation's largest abortion provider, and they routinely argue in litigation and, and in their press releases and other uh, ways that they should just simply be above the law. I mean, that, that's their opinion of this. They don't think that, that their clinics, their abortion mills, uh, should have to comply with even the most basic of health and safety standards that would protect uh, women's health. Well, apparently uh, they now are supposed to comply with certain standards that other surgical facilities have to comply with, and that's because abortion can be dangerous for women, can't it? 
Well, it, it can. I mean, that's clearly documented. Uh, the sad fact of this is, uh, as we talk today, uh, Penna, you and I cannot even uh, compare actual and real statistics. They're not reliable because we know for a fact that in every state, uh, or at least virtually every state, abortion clinics uh, routinely underreport complications. They, they don't file required documentation when uh, women are, are maimed or harmed or sometimes killed at these facilities. Uh, many of them are filthy. They're, they're uh, exceedingly below just the basic health standards that you would expect even of a, of a veterinarian clinic. Uh, and in many states, sadly, as they were in Missouri prior to this law, uh, there's just been no specific requirements on the books to, to make them follow those basic standards. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Mike Johnson. He's senior legal counsel for the Alliance Defense Fund. Uh, Mike, let me ask you a question, a follow-up about what you just said. I mean, isn't this just finally um, the government catching up to speed these abortion clinics I mean, they have not had to have the inspections that normal clinics have to have, normal hospitals have to have. And, for instance, when it comes to approval for minors, that, that is permission. I mean, you can't give a, a pill to a young girl in a junior high school or a high school, an aspirin, or without the parent's permission. I mean, hasn't the abortion industry uh, enjoyed a double standard, a no scrutiny through the years, really? Well, I think that's exactly uh, correct, and in many states, they're one of the last, if not the last, unregulated industries. Uh, now, now, the reason for this is that, you know, if you go back through the history, back to the early 70s, after Roe v. Wade became the, the, the tragic law of the land, uh, many of the state legislatures uh, were reeling in the aftermath of that decision, and they either invalidated whatever restrictions they had on the books at that time, or they created loopholes for abortion providers because they thought they were required under the new paradigm to do that. Uh, the problem is that since the early 70s, many states never went back and, and filled in those gaps. They never filled the loopholes. And so in, in places like my home state of Louisiana, up until the late 90s, uh, they were allowed, uh, up to 1999 as a matter of fact, they were allowed to operate without any regulation whatsoever. So, you know, many of these atrocities uh, really should not, uh, shouldn't be surprising to us. Uh, if they're allowed to, to operate and do these cash cow operations, they're going to they're going to use filthy uh, instruments. They're not going to spend extra money on cleanliness or health standards, and they're going to maim young women without parental consent. Mike, let me ask you to do something. We've got a clip here of Rudy Giuliani. I want you to listen to his take on abortion, and I want to ask you a follow-up question about it. There are people, millions and millions of Americans, who are as of good conscience as we are who make uh, a different choice about abortion. And I think in a country where you want to keep government out of people's lives, or government out of people's lives from the point of view of coercion, you have to respect that. Mike, um, you have your finger on the pulse of uh, the conservative movement, conservative evangelicals are pro-life, and uh, Rudy Giuliani now, uh, you know, a front-runner in the presidential race. Do you think that this kind of talk about uh, a right to choice the government staying out of the private lives of individuals, and I assume out of clinics like this too. Do you think this kind of rhetoric from Giuliani um, will allow him to get the nomination, or do you think pro-lifers are, are going to stand up and say, no, we're going with someone else? 
Well, you know, that's a great question. Those kinds of comments give us great concern, and they should. I mean, the vast majority of Americans, certainly the younger generation, are showing their intolerance for things like abortion. And, and, and you know, the sanctity of human life, I think, is a, is a sentiment that is broadly shared amongst the population. I don't think the party uh, is going to name as their nominee someone who does not share that common value. It's essential. I mean, look, I'm for limited government, uh, smaller government, but the first and most basic job ordained by God for government is to protect, certainly to protect the most defenseless of our citizenry, and that's unborn children. Uh, that's not government largesse. That's their first duty, and I think we've got to do, do well to remember that. Yeah, I think when Rudy was a prosecutor, he was pretty zealous about the government getting into people's private lives when those people wanted to kill others. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And he's running a pretty robust campaign against the terrorist toward that end as well. Mike, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for watching this issue, and we'll follow up. You got it. Talk with you all soon. Thanks a lot. All right. Fascinating topic. We're going to continue to follow this theme of abortion in presidential politics because, Penna, I keep hearing uh, the conservatives uneasy, very uneasy, uh, about the fact that uh, they may not have a pro-life choice at all in the general election. Will they support a third-party candidate? Well, we heard uh, that Fred Thompson might actually announce or was to announce to his supporters today whether or not... Four o'clock, supposedly. Yeah, he's going... Now, that wasn't going to be made public right, right away, but he was talking to his uh, supporters, and we will probably hear this week whether he's in or out. And Fred Thompson, of course has been saying he's pro-life. Will he provide an alternative for people who are worried about a Rudy Giuliani, who has also said before that he's for public funding of abortion? And we've been talking about Planned Parenthood. They get millions from the federal coffers. And uh, here they're complaining about, uh, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars they'd have to spend to make their clinic safer. Okay, a quick update. Everybody's tired of the war in Iraq. I know that. And everybody says, well, whatever happened to the weapons of mass destruction? We have a very important report right now. Chemicals seized years ago from Iraq's main chemical weapons plant have turned up in an office at the United Nations. More in this report. U.N. weapons inspectors in the process of closing down the office made a curious discovery in their archives this week. A couple of containers of potentially hazardous chemicals taken from an Iraqi chemical weapons plant in 1996. Spokesman Ewan Buchanan says the containers were in a plastic bag, in a metal box, in a file cabinet. It was assumed to be all documents in and in amongst the documents was this particular package. No one knows how the chemicals got there, but they're believed to have been there for nearly 11 years. The FBI was called in to get rid of them. The material remains sealed. No one was evacuated or, says the U.N., in any danger. Warren Levinson, New York. All right, in his own words, here's U.N. Buchanan, U.N. weapons inspector. He says the material came to the U.N. by mistake. This kind of material should certainly not have come here, that's true. It should have gone to a laboratory for analysis or destruction or whatever. Okay, look, here's the story, I think, Penna, is Iraq was making chemical weapons, was on the way to making nuclear weapons. There's reason to believe they already had chemical, biological weapons. For instance, they used them against the Kurds at Mm -hmm. one point, and certainly um, those people died of something, and um, thousands of people. And we heard General Sada say on this program— You know, these weapons, many of them were taken in an airplane, which was retrofitted over into Syria. But a surprise of surprises that some of them were at the U.N. headquarters, (laughs) you know. Uh, 
some of them were in a file cabinet, if we listen to all the reports, a file cabinet at the United Nations in New York. Some of these were in New York. There were weapons of mass destruction. There's still probably some here and there. Saddam Hussein definitely had a track record of using these kinds of weapons, and he was on the way to getting nuclear weapons. And I do believe uh, our operation in Iraq stopped all of that, and we can be thankful for it. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a student who mentioned God in a speech at a public school, pressured now to apologize. What do you think of that? You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. All right, I want you to listen to this quick message from Dr. Mac Brunson. He was speaking today at Criswell College. And I remembered this passage from my dad, my dad sharing this with me. And I took my Greek New Testament and I looked at this. And literally it says, Pasagrafe Theonoustos. All Scripture, God breathed. And in that moment, somewhere around midnight, it came to me, this for me is the Word of God. Every single bit of it, the extent, pasa, all Scripture, every bit of it, the source is God breathed and result is that this is the inspired Word of God. You have to come to that on your own. But for me, that's what it is. For Dr. Criswell, that's what he believed. For the teachers, the faculty, the president here, that's what it is. That's what it should be for you. There should be in your life a commitment to the absolute authority of God's Word. Well, do you have that commitment? Tonight, we're going to have a class called Christ and Culture right here at Criswell College. Christian perspective on current issues. We're going to talk about all the subjects that we talk about on Jerry Johnson Live, abortion, movies, politics, cloning, Islam, sanctity of human life, the Christian worldview. I'll be teaching this class. It begins in one hour. There's still time to turn your car around, get on Gaston Avenue in East Dallas, just past Baylor uh, Medical Center at Baylor Hospital at Gaston and Haskell at 630 tonight. We're offering this course at half price, especially for the listeners of Jerry Johnson Live. And you might say, well, I'm just not sure if I want to do this. Just come check it out tonight. No commitment. Come hear the lecture free. Take the materials. Decide if you want to come back. We'd love to have you. I've always wanted to meet some of our regular listeners out there, especially some of the callers. So I hope you'll come out tonight. you got an hour to get here. Do not miss it. We'll talk about it again before the end of the program. I think you'll enjoy meeting Dr. Johnson, and it's kind of fun to hear him as the professor. Uh, you get a little bit of that on the program, but uh, you'll get more of it in the class. Uh, schools, a lot of our public schools get so nervous uh, that if some student mentions Jesus in a speech, especially a graduation speech, they're going to get in trouble, maybe get sued. Well, this Colorado school district is actually facing a lawsuit not for allowing religious speech, but for clamping down on a valedictorian threatening to withhold her diploma because she mentioned Jesus in her speech. They forced her to apologize, and uh, with us to talk about it is Rick Green. He's president of Torch for Freedom Foundation. This group is dedicated to preserving our constitutional rights, and uh, he also works with wall builders. Rick, thanks for joining us. 
Hey guys, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Rick, tell us a little bit more about this case. First of all, there were several valedictorians, which is always a little bit of a mystery to me. And she gave a speech and a pretty clear presentation of the gospel, but uh, they kind of hauled her off the stage and took her to the assistant principal, didn't they? Yeah, you know, the crazy thing on this one, I mean, we, we hear these horror stories all the time over the last few years. you got the, the Texas case, the Dovey Santa Fe case, where they said, okay, you know, you can, you can pray as long as you don't pray in Jesus' name. Uh, if you refer to Jesus, we're going to arrest you. I mean, just crazy stuff like that. Last the Nevada case, where the gal was also a valedictorian, she just wanted to mention her faith in Christ as something important to her, important in her life, and, and a major part of her success as a student. And they shut the mic off on her. That's pretty bad. But this is even worse. This girl, because she mentioned Christ, actually made her sign an apology for mentioning her faith in Christ. Now, you know, I mean, I don't know how far they're going to go, but in case she had to sign the apology, they sent it out to everyone uh, in the school district and just humiliated this girl for mentioning Christ. And they told her that she wouldn't get her diploma unless she signed that. Exactly. Held her diploma hijacked, said, you know, look, unless you sign this thing, and, and, and they didn't stop there. I mean, they continued to humiliate her after the fact. And the, the problem I've got with this whole thing is it's a lot like a, a you know, cases that we deal with in this arena, but it's almost as if the First Amendment right of free speech and the right of living out our faith, our freedom of religion, only applies to the minority. And there are literally people out there that believe this. They think that it doesn't apply if you're in the majority. If you're a Christian, if you're part of the majority religion, that you don't have the same rights under the First Amendment that someone in the minority does. And I, I can't find any evidence of that in any writing of any founding father, uh, but that's what the courts have been finding in many cases. Uh, Rick, this is Jerry Johnson. Let me ask you, if you, if this woman, this girl, would have mentioned Buddha or Muhammad or Gandhi or uh, like Ward Churchill would have started talking about 9-11 and blaming it on the Jewish people in the building and the uh, Wall Street investors... I mean, do you think she would have had similar treatment? We probably would have never even heard of the incident because I doubt there would have been any opposition to it. They would have probably applauded her uh, for standing up for a minority faith and still being willing to speak out. A great analogy on this, or just another example, I guess, would be the, the foot-washing cases where we've got universities using the students' student fees to put in these uh, foot-washing uh, rooms for Muslims to be able to wash before they do their religious ceremonies. But yet you've got Savannah, University of Savannah over in Georgia, kicking a, uh, a Christian group off the campus, not allowing them to organize, because as part of their ceremony, when, when someone gave their life to Christ and joined their organization, they did the same as Jesus and the disciples, and washed, washed each other's feet in, a, in an act of service. So there's a double standard. If you're a minority faith, then you can, you can certainly live out your faith in public, but if you're a Christian, we're not going to allow it. The First Amendment applies to the majority and the minority. Absolutely. And, and it, you know, the Founding Fathers were so clear on this. And, and there's so many things about the Bill of Rights today that has been completely misconstrued. Uh, the Court has twisted so many things. This whole idea of it only applying to the minority is one. Uh, the, the idea that things like the Second Amendment are not an individual right. Uh, they, they've changed things completely from what the founders believed. I encourage folks to go to Wall Builders' website, wallbuilders.com, and get some of these materials, because what we do is we don't, we don't say, okay, here's my opinion on this. I think it should be this way. What we do is say, look, you know, my opinion's one thing, but what about the guys that gave us the Declaration of Independence, that gave us the Constitution, that were the original 
presidents and members of Congress that, that adopted the Bill of Rights. What did they say in the actual debates? What did they say in their writings? And just as important, what did they actually do? I mean, Jefferson's a great example of this. Liberals love to pull Jefferson out and, and try to make it look like he didn't want faith to be part of our public lives. But yet even the letter that he wrote and, and coined that phrase, separation of church and state, two days after writing that letter, he attended church right there at the United States Capitol on federal grounds. If you look at what these folks did in their private and public lives, it's very, very different than what the court has construed the First Amendment to mean today. Rick Green, president of Torch of Freedom Foundation, also with Wall Builders. Thank you, Rick, for being with us. You bet. Thanks for having me on. Y'all have a blessed day. All right. Now, folks, I want you to call in, 800-881-9270. Some of you are in um, public schools, private schools, other kinds of schools. Uh, do you know of this kind of discrimination in your schools, in Oklahoma, in Texas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, down in San Angelo? Yeah, I've got a case right here from Pennsylvania. This is very interesting. Now listen to this. At the Culbertson Elementary School, students were asked in a program called All About Me to have their parents come and to read from the students, their child's favorite book. And so this student, Wesley Bush, uh, the parent came. He asked his mother to read from his favorite book. What was that book? It was the Bible. It was the Bible. And immediately, um, the school said, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. In fact, the teacher said, you know, this is proselytizing. You can't read the Bible, even if it's your favorite book. And suggested, listen to this, that Mrs. Bush instead read a book about witches and Halloween to the class. (laughs) (laughs) Goodness. This is outrageous. Mm -hmm. It's going on all across America, not just in Pennsylvania. Not just in Colorado, but in Texas, in Oklahoma. And if you have a case like this, we'd be interested to know. The number is 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. And I think it's a fundamental um, lesson, really, for the students in the First Amendment. I mean, this is what the school should be teaching the students, that the First Amendment means that uh, there is an absolute freedom of speech unless you're going to you know, endanger lives, you'll fire in a theater or something like that. But uh, certainly in the school should be the place where the First Amendment is played out and acted out. And it should be uh, kind of a microcosm of the public square and the world of ideas at large. They're going to face that when they're adults. And these students need to learn to grow up and hear a passage from the Bible. If that's someone's favorite passage, you know, get over it. Really? Well, you know, what's happened is the Supreme Court ruled against Bible reading and prayer, teacher-led, school-led, those things. And so what these schools are doing is they're way, way over uh, basically complying with that. And they're saying, well, if a student in a graduation speech, if a parent comes into the school, just an individual citizen, and says these things, or there's no constitutional right against, uh, constitutional prohibition against proselytizing, people can talk about their faith on the school grounds, but the teachers just have it all wrong, and the administrators, and they're so paranoid of being sued by the ACLU or Americans United for Separation of Church and State that any time they hear, you know, the word Jesus or 
any mention of a Bible or anything that has to do with Christianity, they get scared and paranoid, and they really trample on the First Amendment rights of the public because of that. All right, we don't want a state church or a church state, but listen, you can't do government without God. You can't do culture without God. You can't do education without God. The Soviets tried that for almost 100 years. The Chinese tried that. They're still trying that. And is that the kind of culture we want, the Soviet culture, the Chinese culture, a culture where God is not allowed, God is muzzled? You know, the Bible says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The Bible says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is approached from, for any people. We do need to acknowledge God, and we also need to acknowledge the standards put forth in the Word of God. It's good for our culture. It's good for America. Well, call in, 800-881-9270. We'll be right back. A legacy of equipping believers, training leaders to be effective in their walk with Christ. That heritage continues at the Criswell College in Dallas, and you can see it firsthand. Thursday, September 13th, come to Preview Day and learn how an education at the Criswell College will prepare you for a future of ministry and a lifetime of service. The Criswell College will grow you spiritually and academically and focus your Christian worldview. Come meet the professors, have lunch, and with two sessions, pick from a list of classes to observe firsthand and ask any questions you may have. Your reservation is waiting for Preview Day, September 13th. Call 800-899-0012. That's 800-899-0012. And you'll find more details on the web at chriswell.edu. Take advantage and see the worldwide opportunities the Criswell College can afford you as a full-time student or with classes to round out a biblically-based education. Call 800-899-0012 and reserve your place at Preview Day at the Criswell College in Dallas. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. All right, we've been talking about the fact that Christians seem to get uh, short shrift at public schools, colleges, universities, grade schools, elementary schools, high schools, you name it. Valedictorians not allowed to mention Jesus in their speech. Young children, when they're told... Bring your favorite book, have your mommy read it. It can't be the Bible. And then it's recommended that they read about witches and Halloween. Amazing. What do you think of that? We've got Virginia on the line from Dallas. Virginia, what's your view? Well, at SMU, Muslims get an hour a day to pray, and it's not docked against them. And... You can't even keep your Bible open or take 10 minutes to pray. What do you mean they get an hour a day to pray? They, they can skip class? They can disappear from their jobs and go down and pray and not be docked. Yeah. Look, this is happening all over corporate America. There are Muslim prayer rooms going up in towers, high-rise buildings, office complexes. Uh, they are getting a special kind of a treatment. And, of course, Southern Methodist University. That's very interesting. I wonder what John Wesley would think about that. But it does seem, up and down the line, public sector, private sector, that um, minorities, non-Christian religions, get a pass. Christianity, no, sir. We've got Bill on the line from Louisville. Bill, thank you for holding. What's your view? 
Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to comment on how encouraged I am by the fact that we see the spiritual battle raging around us and that they're trying to silence the voice of our mighty God. And that, that encourages me because that tells us, tells us that there's a rising in the church today and that God's power will be revealed in our world today. And if we weren't rising, Satan wouldn't bother to try and silence us. So I'm encouraged by the fact that he's even trying to use situations like this to quiet the voice of the followers of Jesus Christ. Don't you love these young people who are the best and the brightest, if they're valedictorian, using that opportunity, knowing that it's a risk, to come out and make a clear presentation of the gospel? I am encouraged by that. Absolutely. Hey, thank you, Bill, for the call. You know, the Apostle Paul put it this way. He says, a great and effective door of utterance has opened for me, but there is much opposition. And so, in a time of great opposition... It can still be a time of great opportunity, and that's the way it's always been in the history of the church. Today, Dr. Mac Brunson, former pastor of First Baptist Church Dallas, spoke here at Criswell College. I want you to hear this. You've got to come to the place where you're committed to the fact that everything you need in ministry is right here in this book. That everything you need to preach is right here in this book, and confound it, not on the internet. But it's in the book. That everything you need to counsel is in this book. Are you going to run to Freud's theory of whatever and interpret somebody's dreams and try to come at what's going on in their life with that? Is there everything that you need for life, for your marriage, for your children, to run a business? Have you come to the place where you understand this book has my sustaining sufficiency wrapped up in it right here? Dr. Mac Brunson, former pastor of First Baptist Church Dallas, currently pastor of First Baptist Church Jacksonville, Florida. He used to be the chancellor also of Criswell College. And I play that tonight because that's who we are at Criswell. That's what we are. And we have a special opportunity tonight. I'm teaching a class in about 45 minutes called Christ and Culture, and we're opening it especially for the listeners of Jerry Johnson Live. you still got time to get here. And tonight you could just come to the sample class. It's the first class. We're going to talk about Islam and Christianity, the Christian worldview, euthanasia, abortion, cloning, stem cell research. Of course, that's the whole semester, not just tonight. But we're going to get started tonight. And we have a special half-price tuition offer at 6.30. You just need to get on Gaston Avenue in East Dallas. Look for Baylor Hospital. Go about a block or two east of Baylor on Gaston Avenue. You'll see Criswell College right at Haskell Avenue at 6.30. I'm going to be looking for you. Now, I'll tell you, the first notion we talk about tonight, now, Dr. Brunson just talked about the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. That is fundamental to the Christian worldview. This show is about the Christian worldview. We've also been talking about God in government, in culture, in education. Are we going to do education with God, culture without God, government without God, life without God? And one of the quotes I'm going to share with the class tonight, Penna, comes from Paul Johnson's Quest for God. And I just want to lay this on you. Listen carefully out there to um, Paul Johnson. Here it is. The existence or non-existence of God is the most important questions we humans are ever called to answer. 
if God does exist, and if in consequence we are called to another life when this one ends, a momentous set of consequences follows, which should affect every day, every moment almost, of our earthly existence. Our life then becomes a mere preparation for eternity and must be conducted throughout with our future in view. If, on the other hand, God does not exist, another momentous set of consequences follows. This life then becomes the only one we have. We have no duties or obligations except to ourselves. We need weigh no other considerations except our own interests and pleasures. There are no commands to follow except what society imposes upon us, and even these we may evade if we can get away with it. In a godless world, there is no obvious basis for altruism of any kind. Moral anarchy takes over, and the rule of self prevails. Nietzsche saw this many years ago, and this is the Soviet experience. It says the Chinese experiment, and it's not working. You know, Dostoevsky wrote in The Brothers Karamazov, If there is no God, anything is permissible. If there is no God, no ultimate frame of reference. And these schools who are trying to do education without God are sowing the seeds of moral anarchy, sowing the seeds of moral relativism, and it's a suicide pact that they have, I think, against our culture. And... um, and they are sowing the seeds of the self-destruction of America as we know it, as we love it. And um, that's why we're doing this program every day, Jerry Johnson Live. Penna, thank you for being here with me today. I want to thank Larry Williams, who's here faithfully every week, Andrew A. Bear working on this program. We've got a lot, of, a lot of great folks that believe in this program, what we're doing, what we're about. All right, I'm inviting you one last time. you got 30 minutes to get to class. Class begins at 6.30 tonight at Criswell College. Surprise me. Show up. Introduce yourself. Christ in culture. We're going to talk about creation, evolution, Islam, capital punishment, just war, cloning, stem cell research. It all begins in 30 minutes right here at Criswell College for Christ and culture. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.